Boom. Good morning. Good morning. In today's episode, I've got special guest, Jeremy Blueball. Jeremy has a hidden edge of always being the underdog. Jeremy is the chief prospecting officer at CoinFlip Marketing. He's a passionate and creative entrepreneur who loves to hunt for new business. He loves it so much, he made it a full-time career. That's what he does. He helps you open doors. Have a listen. Welcome to your Hidden Edge podcast, where there's a belief that each and every one of us has a hidden edge, one that could unlock that next level of success in any area of life. Unfortunately, that edge is hidden tucked away and buried deep underneath layers and layers. In this podcast, we'll uncover the hidden edge of high-performance leaders, executives, athletes, coaches, and authors to open your mind and stretch your frame of reality. If you know you want more, can do more, and be more, then this is the right podcast for you. Let's uncover your hidden edge. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have Jeremy on the show today. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Man, Jeff, good to see you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited to dive into your head and edge because it, it definitely strikes a chord in me. And I think a lot of people can, can relate to it. So what is your hidden edge? And that's, let's dive into how that was kind of brought about, right? Experiences, maybe it was childhood, whatever it was. So what's, uh, what's your hidden edge? Yeah, my hidden edge honestly goes all the way back to uh, seventh grade. Um, I'm 40 now, so that's probably what 32 years ago. Um, probably you know 28 years ago. I can't remember how old you are in seventh grade, but uh, I got cut from the seventh grade basketball team. Um, okay. It was the worst feeling in my life. Um, and I remember my dad sitting down with me having a conversation, just saying, "Listen, like you're not a good athlete. You probably never will be. I was never a good athlete." Um, but if you work for it and you outwork everybody, um, you can make it in this world. And that's stuck with me every single day. I tend to be the guy who is always going to outwork someone. Um, who's going to put in the extra 30 minutes before and after I wake up early than most, I work a little bit later than most, but I'll still, I still have that work-life balance, what I have in my life. That's really where my hidden edge came back. Um, and then it really kind of translate over the course of my life. I was probably middle of the path athlete athlete in my high school mm-hmm. uh i was one of only two seniors that was standing on senior night on my varsity basketball team uh something i'm still proud of this today um and that hidden edge has been with me every single day of my life is i know if i put in the work um i'm gonna outperform 99 of the people out there simply because most people aren't going to do the work and it all relates back to that day i got caught in the seventh grade basketball team i hate that feeling but also Love it when t- someone tells me that it's not possible, you can't do it. Um, that's when I'm going to go do it. I'll show you. Um, and that's just where it comes from. And I'm sure as you do this podcast, you're probably going to hear a lot of stories that relates back to childhood, right? Or mm-hmm. something they learned from their dad or mom or some type of experience. That's where mine comes from. And it's still it's still clocking better than ever at age 40 now. So, Love it. Love it. So seventh grade, you get cut. You feel like crap, right? You're probably defeated. You have this conversation with your dad. Then what is the process? Like, what is the development process? Do you say, all right, I'm just going to work like crazy to get there and kind of, obviously the, the moment is very painful. The conversation with your dad is very painful, but then you just shared, Hey, one of two seniors standing, you know, on, on the basketball court. So explain that pain to then 
overachieving and using that as, as an advantage. Well, it did help that too. There was a story that Michael Jordan um, got cut from seventh grade. So I thought, oh, I could be the next Jordan. Then I realized that, um, you know, 6'3 can only jump six inches off the ground. So that, that story is probably not going to come true. Um, but that, that pain, so really where the pain, the kind of add on top of that pain was, then I went for the wrestling team that year. I wrestled in seventh grade. I actually did it in eighth grade as well, but I was terrible. And I remember uh, in seventh grade, I actually was wrestling against Warsaw, uh, Indiana, there was a guy named, I think his name was Timmer David Carr. He ended up being a four-time state champion uh, when we got to high school in wrestling. I didn't wrestle in high school. Uh, he pinned me in like eight seconds. Um, and I realized, like, <laughs> not only did I get cut from the basketball team, I suck at wrestling, too. And that's really when I kind of got pinned um, in eight seconds or nine seconds or whatever it was, like the fastest pin ever probably for him, that I realized, okay, I need to start figuring out how I'm going to work. And I remember I went to my dad. Um, and I really wanted to focus on basketball and I was a big pistol Pete fan. I went to my dad, asked like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And there's this pistol Pete, like dribbling video. I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you don't know anything about pistol Pete, probably one of the best ball handers of all time. And we had a basement with cement. So every night, Jeff, uh, after the homework's done, did all my school activities, I would go down there 30 minutes and dribble a basketball in my basement do all the little behind the back drills, whatever they were. Um, right. some things that I probably still could do this day cause it was repetitive. Um, but that that's where it was. And I found that, Oh, I started to get results. Like people couldn't take the basketball from me next year. I made the eighth grade basketball team. I became a better and better dribbler. I came then kind of took some shooting classes and I really started to see this process start to come to play in eighth grade freshman year. And then my freshman year from sophomore year, I grew like eight inches. And that's where I really started to you know, kind of shine as a basketball player because I kind of developed into my body. But it's really kind of going back to that Pistol Pete video and taking that video, working in daily, every single day, 20, 30 minutes at nighttime. And it really truly kind of made me this basketball player that allowed me to be one of the two seniors standing there on the varsity basketball court my senior year. Love it. So you explored kind of other areas after you got cut. <laughs> Found out that, hey, wrestling, you're – worse at wrestling and, and basketball was really something you were passionate about. Right. And then you started putting in the daily consistent effort. Right. And yeah, too, I think just, it relates back to not to interrupt. Like I had that. I was a big Chicago bulls fan and that's why mm -hmm. basketball is so important. I had that idol and Michael Jordan and the Chicago bulls. And I, you know, it kept me going, right? Like you see these teams, these underdog stories. Um, and it made me kind of just keep going. Like it, you got to have some outside motivation too, because sometimes it can't come from all inside. Um, and that's some of the things that kind of helped me motivate me. Yeah. And I, I, I would say it's so important to find a different story out there or a story that's similar. And then all of a sudden you say, well, if somebody else can do it. Why, can, why can't I do it? And so many times when we don't search for that, search for that story of somebody having a big pain or, or getting cut from the seventh grade basketball team. We think, ah, that's just me. I can't do it. But when you see somebody else do it, then that can inspire and, and motivate you. Okay. So that underdog advantage using it, how, how do you cultivate that as a business owner, entrepreneur? Now, what are steps that you use on a daily basis that people, if they're listening to this and I mean, 99% of people have had failure or had been cut from a team. I was cut from, you know, my, my baseball team in middle school is as well. What are some ways that they can turn that pain and into really fuel that, that can motivate and inspire them? 
Yeah, I, I found what's helped me in my business world relating back to all this stuff is having kind of a daily consistent routine. Uh, mm -hmm. I like to call them pillars, that things that you know that you do better than anybody else, that if you do those, you're going to continue to have more and more success. So um, one of the things that we do once a week, or I should say every day, um, I spend an hour working on my business versus working in my business. Um, it's usually from eight to nine every single day. I'll adjust it if I have to adjust it because of my calendar. But that hour of 60 minutes of focus on ways that we do better than anybody else, which is personalization, doing outreach, helping people open doors with coin flip marketing. We're really kind of, how can we revamp that? How can we revamp the client experience? But also too, what are the daily little things throughout the day that can keep you motivated? Um, so I have a daily morning routine. Um, I have kind of a mid-afternoon routine. There's things that I do over the course of the day um, that I know that with hard work are going to get me the results. And it's just scheduling them out. I think that's probably one of the biggest consistent keys that people can't, can learn is have a calendar, put in your calendar, put reminders, and make sure you do it. Um, and that's the problem. Most people probably just don't do the work. And I found that if you schedule it, it's on your calendar, you know it's going to get your results and you just do it the results come. Yeah. I love the scheduling piece, right. And keeping it consistent eight to nine on a daily basis, working on your business, not in your business. And then having those blocks of time. I mean, I would guess there's a large portion of people that when they hear 60 minutes of focused effort, they immediately are like, I, I don't even have five minutes of focused effort throughout your days. Right. Because so many people are busy, 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 go, go, go. But it's so essential to put in that work. And that's the other thing I kind of grabbed from what you were saying. You have this faith, you have this belief that I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to fall in love with the process of doing it. The results will come in the end. But if I don't trust the process, do it on a daily basis, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And I, I do this because I, I call it the Friday night at five feeling. I got that from a good friend, Brian Margolis, who's a, a business coach himself. You know, mm -hmm. if you know you do from Monday, whenever you start your week on a Monday morning to Friday night at five, you do the things that you know over time that will get you the results. You get that Friday night at five feeling that, hey, it might've been the crappiest week of all time. Clients cancel on you, had a client leave, you got sick, whatever it is. But if you know you do the things at Friday night at five, the results are going to come. Um, and sometimes it's a 90 day lag in the indicator it could be 180 days in your life. It doesn't matter what it is, but if you do them, but you feel good at Friday night at five, the results will come. And that's all I, what I'm looking for when we do this process is, am I had the worst week of my life, but I did the things I know they're going to drive results. And it's funny, the results eventually come. It just might not come when you want them to, right? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest issue with people being consistent, right? They don't know when the results are going to come. It could be Next week, it could be next year or five years down the road. But if you stick with it, you're consistent. Eventually, you will uh, you will get there. So let's say in business, you have somebody telling you no. Do you immediately go back to that seventh grade mentality and be like, all right, I'm just going to work. I'm going to outwork whoever it might be, my competition. Maybe it's yourself, right, on a daily basis. Do you ever use that in your your mindset, the, the, the self-talk that you throw out there? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely self-talk. I would say what's helped me kind of be more of my motivator now is I'm a, I'm a family man as well. I have four kids, two, four, six, and eight. 
Um, that's one of the big drivers. You know, I'm building something for them as well. I want to leave a lasting legacy for my kids. Um, but I can't remember said, obviously, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, listen to a lot of motivationals and uh, speakers. And there was someone who said like, hey, your kids are watching you. Um, even if they're eight, they're watching you. They're seeing you put in the work. And eventually that's going to relate to them. Um, so too, I'm trying to set a good example as they see me being consistent, working, getting results, having the drive um, that most people don't have. So I would say too that having that motivation now, that's uh, obviously there's in, inner motivation that I use. Um, you know, sometimes I put on my phone when I'm feeling bad, it's kind of like a reminder, like, oh, freaking do this. I, I use a different F word. Um, <laughs> we won't say that here on the podcast. Um, and it just, it just gets reminded that, that like, reminders get you pumped up and it gets the inner drive and it goes back to that seventh grade moment or when i kind of made the basketball team again the following year like that oh yeah okay the, it's coming right um but there, there's a lot of different things that um give me that inner drive but there's also the outside uh with the family to leave a lasting legacy for them yeah i think that's so incredibly powerful leading by example leading from the front knowing that they're watching all the time, obviously we, Jeremy and I go, go a couple of years back now. And, and, uh, he knows I've got two sons as well. And yours are a little bit behind mine. It'll be amazing. You'll see all of a sudden you'll do something that you've taught them not to do, or, you know, uh, uh, say something and they bring it up to you and you're like, son of a gun, you were listening. You're right. I need to do that. <laughs> That's already happening, Jeff. There um, you go. Six and eight, even my four-year-old. So um, well, then you're then you're doing a great job leading from the front as a dad, and, um, and uh, I I laugh when they're that not happens. not all good examples sometimes. So <laughs> that's so important though. So yeah. as you know, parents, mom, dads listening, watching, your kids are watching every single thing you do, and they are absorbing it. They're processing it mentally, subconsciously, and they are going to pattern their life at after what they see you doing. And I, I feel like so many times, and I love the the message of like, as a parent, if you don't fix something you're going through, more likely than not, your kids are going to repeat that same thing and they're going to have to deal with it. So it might be incredibly painful for you to go through a process of self-development or working on yourself. But if not, your kids are going to deal with that same pain moving forward. So incredibly, incredibly powerful. So let's get into your company, Coin Flip Marketing. You help companies open doors. I know personalization is key. Share a little bit about your business and then how you take that underdog advantage, that underdog mentality into your, your business and then help your clients. Yeah, so I'll kind of start with where we came from because um, I think it's important. So I went from an inside sales rep to outside sales rep in a company um, back in 2008, 2009, but a boss that said they would never hire someone from the desk to go with that, do the outside sales desk. There's a me and another good buddy named Ron. We said, that's, that's not an acceptable answer. Um, so this is kind of the underdog story. We, we went to him and said, what, what do you need from us? Because we don't like that answer. We're not taking it because we think we can do the job. Um, and if we put together a game plan in 18 months, would you give us a chance? And so we put together... We did this called the Thursday morning training. Started at six thirty in the morning um, when most people get in the office at eight, and we asked someone from the leadership team to show up there on a Thursday morning, and they would all show up. They would take rotations, and mm -hmm. we locked the door at six thirty. Jeff, um, nice. if you got there at six thirty one, you're out for that day, and it looked bad. 
So you had to get there at six fifteen just to make sure you got in the room at six thirty. Um, so where I'm going with this underdog story, funny that that boss left like six months later, a new boss came in and said, wow, you guys are doing this. And we immediately got promoted like six months later. Cause he was so impressed with our work ethic. And like, if you're going to do that, you're going to do way better than half the people on the field because half the people on the field don't have that motivation to do that. And long story short, we both got promoted, uh, and at length longed into a, a long sales career, but I went from, uh, inside sales to outside sales and from Chicago to Minneapolis. Minneapolis was my territory I was covering as inside sales reps. A lot of people knew my name. Um, they knew who I was. It was kind of easy to get in the door and ask for a referral. Um, long story short, my wife and I could not live in Minnesota. Way too cold. Didn't like it. Uh, I think we had 42 straight days of cold weather, uh, uh, below zero weather. Um, when we, the year we left, uh, where it was 42 straight days, it didn't get above zero. Not my cup of tea. Um, so we took a job. Got worked for another company in St. Louis where I had some family and some friends. I didn't know anybody. No one knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And I read the book called Giftology by John Rule. And it's all about using gifts to kind of build strategic relationships uh, and open more doors. Problem with that book, Jeff, is he spends a lot of money on very high-end gifts. Okay. I was in an industry that I couldn't spend over $100 on a client or a prospect. I spent $100 in a penny. I'm slapping on the wrist once. Do it twice. I'm fired. And mm-hmm. probably never getting a job in the industry again. And that's where I said, well, how do I take what this guy's talking about in this book and make it ours? And that's where personalization came from. I remember my first wow mailer, what we call it, to help you get open the door. Uh, the advisor emailed me. It's hanging up in my other office um, as a reminder that this process does work. And I knew this was always going to be a business. So fast forward to 2019, corporate America said they don't need me. I said, screw it. I'm going all in on coin flip marketing. And okay. here we are. Um, the end of the day, the underdog Mattel is still in the business because I believe I was the underdog. I told me I couldn't get outside sales, but our underdog mentality is we help you get in front of doors. Those people who normally don't answer your phone calls, who don't take your emails. We get you those meetings um, to have those conversations that ultimately lead to the sales to help get your company or your sales career in the trajectory that are going to make a difference to you and your family's life. Um, so bottom line, we just kind of take that underdog story. We help you get in those doors that normally you can't get in or people say you can never get in there. Like, Oh, I can't ever get in front of Jeff. He never calls the email. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're going to get you a meeting with Jeff. <laughs> I love it. Love that. Love that mentality. And you know, as you were sharing the story of inside the outside sales rep, again, you were told no by somebody or it's not going to happen or it's going to happen, you know, this many months down the road. You said, all right, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to prove myself. And then, when corporate America told you, Hey, we don't need you anymore. There was again, another example of, Hey, what's the, what's the narrative you're going to shape and, and what's the belief you have in yourself to achieve outwork everybody and continue moving forward to two more examples. So you've, you've been hitting that mindset muscle ever since seventh grade when people have been, been telling you that, which is, is, uh, is awesome to, uh, to hear. Yeah, it's been, a uh... It's been an ongoing theme. Hopefully, I don't have to hear it anymore, but I guess it'll just create a new opportunity if I, if I hear it again, right? Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, think about how powerful that is, what Jeremy just said. He said it's an opportunity, and so many times we see it as a loss or a failure, and when we frame it up that way, it feels heavy, right? It, it, it can wear us down. It can weigh us down where you just, I love the language you use there. It was an, it's an, it's another opportunity, right? Another opportunity to get better. Yeah. And here's a real life story over the last three months in my business. I mean, we're three, call it two and a half years into my 
you know, this is a full-time business and mm-hmm. we're on pace to grow up 250% this year. Um, but interest rates are up. The banks are tightening. I needed a line of credit. I probably got told no 20 times in the last 90 days. Finally got someone to say yes, gave me a way better rate than I ever thought. But I simply just said, screw it. I'm, I'm no, I take that back. I got a few offers, but it was predatory lending, like 40% interest rates. And I was like, dude, like right. people sign up for this stuff. Like I come from the banking industry. Like this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. Um, but I didn't take the answer. And it was just, I kept on going. I'm like, I'm going to get it. I just got to keep on asking, keep on asking people. When I do an introductory call with someone, like, hey, do you, Jeff, do you know anybody like who does this? And they're right. like, oh, let me introduce you to someone. And finally, I got it. Um, so it's just sometimes it's that internal mentality like, hey, that's that's not an acceptable answer. I'm, I'm going to go get the answer I'm looking for because this isn't right. Yeah, and typically when you have that internal strength, that internal mentality of, hey, I'm, I'm going to get the answer I want – and come hell or high water, I'm not stopping until I get that answer. I mean, imagine how much, how powerful that is, right? And then you can, even the offers you got at 40%, you're like, yeah, no thanks. I'm yeah. finding this. I'm, I, it's going to happen. I know it's out there. I just got to figure out, you know, the, the conversation or connection I can make to, uh, to make it happen. Yeah. And it's, it's also too, it's being curious because the place I ended up finding it would never been in a million years. I'm like, it was actually from an email offer. I'm like, whatever, this isn't real. I'll call him though and find out. And it was real. Um, so <laughs> it's funny pretty, how things work. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty wild. So where can, uh, where can people find you? Where can they find your business? Yeah. So very active on LinkedIn. If you just type okay. in Jeremy Blueball, uh, coin flip marketing, my LinkedIn profile, we post daily on how to wow clients, uh, how to open doors, uh, and then to coinflipmarketing.com. Um, just like you see down in the bottom there, I my name, you type that in. Uh, we have a ton of resources on there. Um, we, we particularly work with investment management, software salespeople, financial advisors, commercial insurance agents is kind of our niche, uh, but we do work with other industries outside of that. But I mean, really, if you're, if you're looking to have some doors that you haven't been able to get in, that's where we kind of come in. Or you have clients that you just really want to make a big impact with to say, hey, I, I appreciate you. We care about you. Uh, we do a lot of kind of strategic gifting on that end with some high-end clients of yours as well. So that's really the two places to come find me. Or you can email me, Jeremy at coinflipmarketing.com. Uh, my text message is always open to 574-360-3431. Feel free to text me as well. Um, I always get back to those who reach out. So, Awesome. Jeremy, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to your Hidden Edge podcast. You are now part of the movement part of a tribe who's on a mission to uncover their hidden edge. We're stronger together. So please share this. Show up with one person in your network that you want to help. Together, we can empower others and connected, we can make a dent in the universe.